Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Dear listeners, thank you. The Alien Beer Podcast recently passed 5,000 downloads. What does this mean? Well, it means that each episode has been downloaded over 80 times, on average. It means that my podcast is in the top 50% or better, but these are just statistics. What it really means to me is that you're out there listening to my stories, and for that, I'm grateful. I hope you'll continue to tune in to join me on this adventure. This week at the Interdimensional Rosedale Pub, some technology malfunctions in a wondrous way, an infamous character returns, bearing a great treasure, but also needing help. Trust can be a difficult thing in a liminal space like the Rosedale. Rosedale Pub. True Peril. When the jukebox at the Rosedale Pub played Help by the Beatles, no one thought anything of it. But before the song was done, Alyssa couldn't help but notice an electric tension rising in the air. And then, Rosedale appeared in the mirror, frowning. Well, what's up, boss? asked Alyssa, covering the bar for Yasmin during the day shift. In the mirror, the figure of Rosedale held a finger to their lips and shook their head. But what? Rosedale shushed Alyssa, hissing like the brakes of a semi as they pointed to the jukebox. The jukebox's friendly rainbow of neon lights made a final cycle through all the colors, then went out. The music stopped before the Beatles could finish the final chorus. When the curved tubes of light blinked back to life, they shone a dangerous shade of red, flickering on and off like hazard lights at a car wreck. Shura, who sat at the bar across from Alyssa, groaned, Holy crap, that can't be good. Rather than start a new song, the jukebox began to crackle and pop, like an AM radio tuned between stations. A piercing whistle descended the scale from the high end of Alyssa's hearing to a low hum, then started over again. Incoming transmission, muttered Rosedale, eyes fixed upon the jukebox. I didn't know the jukebox could receive transmissions, said Alyssa. Neither did I. The whistling hiccuped and resolved for half a second into a shrill human voice. Anyone hear me? Mayday! Mayday! Off course! And then the jukebox went dark and dead once more. Alyssa and Shura stared at each other, eyes wide. Shura scratched her ear with a clawed index finger and said, What was that? The figure of Rosedale approached their side of the mirror, looming larger, their eyes still intent upon the jukebox. Please be quiet, Alyssa protested. But it stopped. Hush, there may be more. Alyssa became hyper-aware of her breathing in the long silence that followed. The ice machine kicked on its condenser. Rain tapped at the windows up front. The holographic pool table advertised its presence by racking its billiard balls to draw in potential players. In a corner booth, D, or maybe Z, snored, stretched out on a padded bench seat. As Shura drew breath to speak again, flashing red lights stopped her words somewhere in her chest. Static burst forth from the jukebox once more, followed by a tinny voice, clearer this time. Mayday, mayday, this is aeroplane NX1968J. We are lost, with no frame of reference. Altimeter is non-functional. Visibility zero. Compass spinning wildly. Request assistance if anyone can hear me. 
Alyssa stood up straighter and her mouth formed an O. Oh no, is that who I think it is? Shara laughed. I'd met money on it. True Colorado, said Rosedale, their mouth forming the name as though it tasted like pencil shavings. The voice on the jukebox stopped its call for help for a moment. The sound of a dog barking twice emanated from the machine. Then the tinny human voice spoke louder. Yes, it is I, true Colorado. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? You are speaking to the Rosedale pub, said Rosedale, raising their voice like an orator. Your transmission is unexpected. Where are you? The jukebox crackled. The dog barked again. Rosedale, fantastic! Then my hasty calculations weren't completely off, after all. I am in an aeroplane, a biplane with a sealed cockpit, with my faithful companion Doge. But true, called Alyssa. Where is your plane? How are you doing this? That's rather a long story, and I don't know how long this connection will last. Suffice it to say, I am using one of the gadgets I've acquired in my travels to effect this call for help. I had no idea it would be so effective. As for my position, I am between worlds at the moment, caught in a waystorm, it would seem. Any ideas how to reach you or another haven before I crash or run out of fuel would be most appreciated indeed. What's a waystorm? asked Alyssa. Shura shook her head and growled. It's what it sounds like. Go out on the ways between worlds and sometimes you get turbulence. Storms. It's when worlds brush up against each other, see? Rosedale clucked their tongue. That's not quite accurate. Shura held up a hand to stop Rosedale. Yeah, no, it's not, but it's close enough for our understanding, you know? Rosedale nodded. These waystorms, they're dangerous? asked Alyssa. Oh, yes, said Rosedale. If True is telling the truth, her life and that of her companion are in jeopardy. True's voice faded in and out on the next sentence. Please, Rosedale and patrons, if you do not pity me, think of Doge. We desperately need your help. Rosedale spoke. Given the storm, I fear you are fleeing another calamity of your own design. What did you do this time? It's not like that at all, protested True. Don't you dare lie to me, said Rosedale. Their words could have frozen a turkey solid in an instant. Look, said True, I got wind of a world that was collapsing in on itself. Refugees from that reality kept appearing wherever I went. So, being the philanthropic sort, I made my way there to see what I could do to help. I'm sure it had nothing to do with loot in the place, said Shura, rolling her large yellow eyes. All right, you have me there, said True, her tone desperate. I did hope to save some of the world's treasures before they became one with the void. Can you blame me? All that would soon be left of that world would be its history. If I made a little profit with what I could salvage... We know you, True Colorado, interrupted Rosedale. We understand your greedy motives. So at least you didn't cause that world's Armageddon. What did you steal? We haven't got time for this, cried True. Make time, if you want help, said Rosedale. Alyssa gasped at the harshness of the pub's genius loci. But Rosedale, she could die. Rosedale nodded. True Colorado shenanigans continue to be a disruption in the many worlds she visits. But what about Doge? said Shura, rubbing one of her tusks absently. He's an innocent pup. Yes, think of Doge, said True. Also, 
another hapless victim of true Colorado's narcissistic misbehavior, said Rosedale, their face as impassive as a marble bust. Very well. We salvaged the crown jewels of the Second Ottoman Empire. You see, the First World War never really ended there. Dismal place, hopeless people. The collapse is a mercy. And here you are asking us for mercy, said Rosedale. You cut me, said True. You would doom me to death in between worlds, because you judge me unfit to live? Well, perhaps I shall take my fate in my own hands, rather than beg for your charity. Alyssa tore off her apron and threw it to the floor. She fixed the spirit in the mirror with a glare. You can't just let her die. If you allow her and her dog to crash or become irretrievably lost in the ways between the worlds, you can have my resignation. I can't work for someone who would do such a heartless thing. Rosedale frowned at Alyssa, paused, then addressed the jukebox. Would you turn over the jewels in exchange for my help, True? The jukebox crackled. Z, or maybe D, snored. Rain pelted harder against the windows. True, are you still there? called Alyssa, concerned. Yes, I'm still here. To answer the question your cold benefactor posed, I would give up those jewels to save the life of Doge. He has been a good friend and an excellent companion. He is guiltless in this endeavor, if guilt there is to be dispensed. Very well, said Rosedale. I shall have Z turn on our beacon. The snoring from the corner stopped with a snort, and Z sat up and rubbed his eyes. On it, boss! Z disappeared into the back room, and after a few minutes called out, Should be good! Rosedale said, The beacon is VHF, but could be changed to suit your equipment. Can you lock on, true Colorado? The crackling from the jukebox went on for a long minute. Then True's jubilant reply burst from its speakers. Yes! Thank the gods! There it is! I'm homing in on your signal! I appear to be quite close. Which is good because my fuel gauge has been on empty since before this conversation began. Alyssa gasped as she heard the drone of an airplane engine above the din of the storm that had risen outside. Can we help her land? Z ran out of the back, now accompanied by his twin sister, D. Both carried a pair of lit flares. They pushed their way out of the pub and ran toward the road that led in both directions to ways to other worlds. Alyssa beat Shura to the door. Soon, the two of them stood in the driving rain, watching a twin-engine biplane stagger downward through the air. The plane's tail was painted red with a crescent moon and star, but the rest of its surface was shiny, riveted steel. As they watched, one of the engines sputtered and its propeller came to a stop. The plane leaned hard to one side to compensate. Z and D stood on either side of the road, waving their flares. Shura bellowed encouragement to True, though she was nearly certain the shady archaeologist could never hear them over the storm and the plane's remaining engine. Alyssa joined in, hollering. The two splashed and screamed in unison as they jumped up and down and waved their arms. The plane's remaining engine coughed and died. The plane's nose tilted upward and it slewed from side to side, fighting sudden gusts of wind as it began its powerless glide toward the road, sinking far too quickly for Alyssa's comfort. Alyssa held her breath as the plane's wheels impacted the road with a heavy crunch. The landing gear crumpled under the heavy impact, and the plane bounced once and went into a sideways skid, metal debris trailing behind as it crashed. Z and D abandoned their flares and ran for the door to the pub. The plane came to a screeching halt, one wing at an angle, 
that suggested it would never fly again. The nose of the plane pointed at the pub. Smoke rose from the tail section. Alyssa ran toward the plane, wondering what she could do to help True and Doge. Shura caught up with her, huffing and puffing, shorter legs pumping as her feet splashed rainwater every which way. Before they reached the plane, a hatch opened on one side and fell open with a distressed groan and clang. The yellow fur of Doge flashed like a flame in the dim light of the storm as the dog leaped from the hatchway and out onto the road. And then, as Alyssa petted the uplifted dog's head, another figure appeared in the hatchway. A child, a small girl wearing a jeweled robe, blinked at the rain and stared down at Alyssa. Before Alyssa could speak, the girl turned and clambered out of the hatch and dropped to the pavement below. Alyssa called out to the child, but then another child appeared in the opening, and then two more. Each climbed down to join the first child, and they stood in a row, shivering in the rain and cold. Then, True Colorado leaped from the hatch and landed on her feet behind the children, yelling for them to run to the pub. The children obeyed, dashing past Alyssa and Shura. Go! Get away! yelled True Colorado as she shoved past Alyssa. This is a warplane! It has bombs on it! Run! Alyssa stood there, watching the children and True receding toward the Rosedale pub, too stunned to do anything for a moment. Shura's clawed hand grabbed her by the arm and dragged her along behind her, forcing Alyssa's feet to keep up. Just as the children reached the door to the pub, Alyssa's shadow appeared as if the sun itself were just behind her. A hot wave lit the air with orange fury and shoved her into Shura. They both fell down to the ground on the patio of the pub. Alyssa looked behind her to see the fiery cloud from the explosion rise into the clouds, pursued by a column of greasy black smoke. She crawled to her feet and helped Shura up. True had already gone inside, so they followed her in. Bringing trouble wherever you go, shouted Rosedale from inside the mirror. With a shaky voice, True bowed to the mirror. I thank you for your hospitality, Rosedale, and for agreeing to save my life and that of my companion. But who are these children? asked Alyssa, her throat dry and hoarse. True Colorado smiled and swept an arm to take in the four shivering children. These are the princes and princesses of the Second Ottoman Empire, also known as the Crown Jewels. I was employed to get them off-world before the disaster at any cost. You should have said that you had children on board, shouted Shura, her tone angrier than Alyssa thought was necessary just now. Yes, why did you omit this information? asked Rovesdale, crossing their arms in front of them. True placed her fists upon her hips. I couldn't afford to be overheard over the air on an unencrypted channel, in case there were other survivors who might come after them. We escaped, pursued by furies, as you might imagine. The children are the heirs to their empire, which is, even as we speak, being sucked into the void with the rest of their world. In any case, the children are yours to take care of now, Rosedale. Mine? I never said I would take care of children, said the genius loci. You asked for the crown jewels in exchange for saving my life. Well, you saved my life, so here are the jewels. I've done my job getting them off-world safely. Now, in saving us all, it works out nicely that they have a home here in the pub. Rosedale glared at True. True's eyes twinkled as a grin spread across her face. Where were you going to take them before trying to pawn them off on me? Oh, here or there. A safe place. But this pub is as safe a place as I can think of. They cannot stay here, 
said Rosedale flatly. One of the little princesses took Alyssa's hand and leaned into her. Alyssa asked Rosedale, Why can't they stay? At least until we can find proper guardians for them. Rosedale turned to gaze at Alyssa with narrowed eyes. You are in no position to offer my hospitality. You resigned, remember? Alyssa's heart dropped at the thought of being homeless on a stormy night. You'd send me out in a waystorm? Shura stepped forward, a little prince clinging to her leg. Don't you worry, Alyssa. You can stay in my room. All the little scrappers can. I'm a guest here, and if Rosedale is known for nothing else, it's their unfailing hospitality. Even my hospitality and patience has its limits, said the spirit of the pub. They turned to True and said, All right, True Colorado, what do you want in exchange for taking the children with you when you go? True spread her hands before her, eyes wide and innocent as a doze. Why, I want what any weary traveler wants. Some food, some drinks, a little conversation, and a bed to sleep in, for myself and my charges. And transportation otherwhere. Very well, said Rosedale. Oh, and one more thing, if it pleases you. What else? I feel terrible that Miss Alyssa has lost her employment and home while standing up for me. Could you possibly see clear to overlooking the events of today and keeping her on? Alyssa held up her hands. No, True, I didn't do it for you. I did it out of principle. I'm still not sure I care for how Rosedale extorted what they thought was a fortune in gems in exchange for the lives they knew were at risk, whatever I may think of True herself. True shrugged. Hey, you can't say I didn't try. Rosedale sighed. You failed to understand then, and you fail now. I was testing Ms. Colorado. Dr. Colorado, if you please, interjected True. Dr. Colorado. I have seen enough of her antics over time. I had to know that this wasn't some trick, or that she wasn't bringing a doomsday fleet down upon this island of neutrality between the worlds. My first duty is to the safety of my patrons and staff, Alyssa. If true Colorado was willing to give up the fortune she sought in the first place, it would tell me she truly needed help. Do you still wish to resign? Alyssa shook her head. No, I suppose not. Good, said Rosedale, becoming translucent and fading from view. I have use for you, who stood up to me. I need that kind of grounding now and again. Please do not feel the need to quit to get your point across in the future. With that, the mirror just reflected the faces of Alyssa, Shura, True, Z, and D, and the children. Well, that's that. Who's going to clean up that plane out there? asked Shura. Z and D grinned at each other. D said, Oh, we'll figure something out tomorrow when the storm passes. And with that, the jukebox lit up once again back to its cheerful array of colors. The speakers played the sound of thunder and rain. For a moment, Alyssa wondered whether the machine channeled the storm outside the pub, but then a bass guitar and electric keyboard accompanied the crashing thunder. Jim Morrison's voice sang, Riders on the Storm. Come on, barkeep, said True Colorado, leading the children to a table. Let's get these kids fed. Alyssa smiled as she walked across the pub, still dripping from the rain outside. I can handle that. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. 
The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, ECrisGarrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.